listening to Sermons at St. Mary's, homilies of Father Don Nectarius Hawk, recorded live at St. Mary's Antiochian Orthodox Christian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Wisdom, stand upright. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be to all. The reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us attend. The Lord spoke this parable. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that falls to me. And he divided his living between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took his journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property to loose living. And when he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have fed on the pods that the swine ate. No one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and eat and make merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what this meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come home. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. But the son was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Lo, these many years I have served you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your living with harlots, 
You killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to make merry and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Good morning. Today, beloved, again we hear one of the most famous and powerful and profound parables of our Lord. People probably know about this story, this and the, and the parable of the Good Samaritan more than any other parable of our Lord Jesus, right? Because they're so, these stories are so powerful, again, in their, in their expression of so many things. We hear this morning of the two sons. That's probably technically the better name for this parable <laughs> rather than the parable of the prodigal son. It's the parable of two sons because that's what our Lord started out the story with. Now a man had two sons. We see the difference between the two. We see the younger son who uh, has this Desire this burning desire within himself to distance him, to distance himself from his father, from all that he has, and yet to take that that was apportioned to him and to just squander it. We see that happening, and our Lord, of course, doesn't spend a lot of time on that as far as the details, but we know, we kind of get a sense of what's going on. He just decided that he was going to just throw all restraint to the wind. And of course, when that happens, ultimately, the pricking of the conscience occurs to those of us who have consciences that have not been seared. And then, of course, there's guilt and remorse and shame, right? And of course, we see that in the story of the, son, the younger son. And then, of course, we see as well the older brother, the older son, who was always right there with the father, who never disobeyed his command, as he mentioned in his conversation with his father, who always did the right thing, who always made sure that all the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted in his life. Although perhaps, who knows, I mean, it's not mentioned in the gospel, but perhaps he had Doubts as well. Perhaps he had desires as well, but he was able to restrain himself. And to all, for all intents and purposes, he was the golden boy, the golden son, the one who was following in the footsteps that he was supposed to be following in. And then, of course, we have the image of the father, the merciful, loving, compassionate father who sees the dissolute son from afar off and doesn't even wait for him to come to the door and knock and ask to come back 
He runs out to greet him, as the gospel says, as St. Luke says, embracing him, kissing him. And he wouldn't really even let his son finish his rehearsed statement that he was going to bring to the father. You can kind of tell that from Luke that as the son was going back, journeying back home, he was probably saying to himself that line over and over and over again, I've sinned against you, Father, and before heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He probably just drilled and drilled and drilled that into his mind and heart. Again, furthering his repentance, by the way, and that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. In fact, that's why one of the reasons why the Orthodox Church or the Lord, I should say, in his holy church, reminds us that we should embrace that lifestyle of repentance in every day of our life, not just as we approach Lent, where the emphasis is on repentance, but every day, the way of repentance, beloved, the lifestyle of repentance, embracing that so that we might always see our sin. And that's one of the first things that I'd like to bring up today with regard to the younger son. You know, and I've mentioned this before on other occasions, there's this little phrase there in this particular parable that we skip over a lot because we're so engrossed in the details of what was going on. And that little phrase is, and when he came to himself, when he came to himself, what does that mean? Well, I think what it means is that he, after all of what he had done and decided to do and thrown himself into for the first time in a very dramatic way and a powerful way, he saw his sin. He saw his sin. And that's why when he said to, when he was dialoguing with himself, he said, why am I here in this pig pen? I'm feeding these swine and I would, would, I would love to have what they eat, but I don't. I, I can't. I don't have anything. I'm at the bottom of the well, the bottom of the barrel. And you know, beloved, that is one of the works of the Holy Spirit that God is always doing in our lives. God the Holy Spirit is always coming to us with illumination in our hearts to see things more clearly because, let's face it, because of our fallenness, we all tend to kind of push that away and tend to focus perhaps on the faults of others just like the Pharisee did in the parable that we heard about last Sunday. In fact, this particular parable is an extension of that particular story. The Pharisee and the publican, because we have two characters in this story that are very, very similar to the two characters in the previous parable that we heard about last week. But we tend to move toward in our lives as we go along, we... we we get this veil over the eyes of our soul with regard to our own sins. Because it's so much easier, isn't it? It's so much easier to look at another person and say, ah, what about this, what about this, what about this? 
And we may not ever say it audibly, but when we think those things in our hearts, aren't we setting ourselves up like the Pharisee? Are we even setting ourselves up like the older brother in this story? So God, the Holy Spirit, is always coming to us and, and illuminating our hearts, or attempting to, and as we cooperate with that illumination, that grace of God in our lives, then we see our sin. And as the younger son saw his sin, he was motivated to do something about it. And that's the second thing. Not only must we see our sin, but we must be motivated to do something about it. And that's another area that we oftentimes just kind of fall down on because perhaps we would say to ourselves, well, that's just the way I am. I've always been this way. We would seek to justify it in one way or another when all that the Lord wants us to do is to acknowledge it. Acknowledge it and do the work that needs to be done to embrace God's healing in our lives. In the story today, we see that. We see the younger son doing something about it. He says, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get out of this pig pit. I'm going to arise and go to my father. And I'm going to tell him what's really on my heart. I'm going to acknowledge the, this sin that I have recently been illuminated to see I'm going to tell him what's going on. I'm, Father, I've sinned before heaven and you and against you. Would you please bring me back, not as your son, but as a hired servant? And doesn't the church also, beloved, come to us, especially at this time of year and even throughout the year, but, but that liturgical rhythm that we immerse ourselves into, she comes to us and says, okay, it's time for Great Lent to come around again. It's time for us to hear these parables, these beautiful, powerful, dramatic stories again, not just so we can say, oh, well, that's a nice story, or worse yet, click off when we hear it because we've heard it so many times. But ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to show me? How do you want to illumine me in my heart in all of this? What sin do I need to see? What area of struggle do I need to engage in that I'm not aware of or engaging in right now? And isn't that the rhythm of the spiritual life, beloved? God always coming to us and saying, I love you, I forgive you, my mercy and loving kindness is abundant and immeasurable in your life. And so as we continue this walk down this road of salvation, let's take a look at this. <laughs> you haven't really done much with this. You've kind of pushed it aside and hidden it. Let's, let's, it's time to take a look at it. It's time for you to embrace my grace in your life, to experience my healing and transforming power in your life. And this is what was happening with the younger son. And so in that respect, he's very much like the publican in last Sunday's parable, right? When he says, God be merciful to me, the sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. 
I'm not even able to lift up my eyes to heaven because I acknowledge that and I see that. And so, the young man returns. And he, beloved, is an example to us of how one should return. How one should return to the Father's house. He demonstrates what confession should be. The fruit of repentance, contrition, asking for mercy, and the acknowledgement that our offenses are something intrinsic to us. That they're ours. They're ours. And not the fault of someone else. That's a major lesson that comes from this parable. That's a major lesson that the church puts before us as we prepare for Lent. And that's also a major lesson as we go through Lent. And especially when we start Lent out with that first week of Lent. The theme of all the services of that great canon of St. Andrew of Crete that we do on, on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday the first week of Lent, points us to this very fact and this reality. That's why there's such power. The power of the Holy Spirit available to us for us to be able to embrace and be changed. But it only happens, beloved, as we, when we're sitting in that pig pen, whether we realize it or not, <laughs> When we're sitting there and we finally say, I'm done with this. I want to take care of this. I want to, I want to arise. I want to get out of this situation. I want to see my sin and do something about it. And so God, who never violates our free will, rejoices and blesses us when we come to that point in our lives. And isn't that always the case in the spiritual life? We, we come around to that time and time and time again. That's what, that mean, it's what the, the church means when she says to us, embrace a lifestyle of repentance. Embrace the way of repentance. In contrast to that, the elder son is an example of how not to return. Because they're both on a journey, you see. Even though the son, the older son, really didn't leave. But he was also on a spiritual journey, unbeknownst to himself. The elder son shows us what confession is not. A recitation of our own accomplishments while recounting the offenses of others. That's not confession. That's not true repentance. That's not acknowledgement. The elder son is an example of how not to return in that he was hard-hearted to his brother, toward his brother. And in some ways, perhaps disrespectful to his father, saying, hey, you never gave me this. I've always been with you, but you never gave it to me. You never gave me a kid. You never gave me the opportunity to make merry with my friends. But this son of yours, he doesn't even call him his brother. 
this son of yours that came back after squandering all your money, you're doing this for him. What judgment? Of course, we see that in the Pharisee as well from last week. Beloved, let's take these things to our hearts, the depths of our souls, so that as we begin the Lenten journey, in two weeks, actually, two weeks from today is Forgiveness Sunday. And in the evening of that day, of course, we, we all know that we have the Forgiveness Vespers, an opportunity once again for us to not only experience God's forgiveness in our lives and acknowledge that, but also to extend that forgiveness to one another and acknowledge what God is doing in the other person as well. But in order for us to even get there, we have to take the time to ponder and reflect on these things that we hear in our preparation of our journey. So let me encourage you this week as you go through the week to reflect, set your mind on these things, these heavenly things, and as they touch earth, i.e. our weakness, our stumbling, our falling, that we see those things we acknowledge them and we purpose in our hearts to embrace the grace of the Holy Spirit in a deeper way so that we might experience God's blessings and healings and transformation in our life, all the while Him molding and shaping us to become more and more like Christ. That's why we're here. So let's continue our diligence in that area and even expand it during this holy season of Lent coming up. The glory of his name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Thanks for listening. Find us online by searching St. Mary Orthodox Omaha or at facebook.com forward slash stmaryomaha. Oh, my God.